I'm Bianca, and I'm Gen Z. I'm Molly, a millennial. I am Arnisha, Generation X. And I'm Micah, the Boomer. We, we are, are Day Talk. Talk. Four women, four generations, and four unique points of view. Hi, this is Dame Micah, and today we're going to talk about our entrepreneurial series. We just ended um, talking with three wonderful women, and we thought it'd be a great idea to kind of talk about some of the highlights of the conversations we had with them, especially now thinking about how more and more people are actually looking at the entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial space as a way to make money during these times of COVID where you know a lot of people are furloughed and many people have lost their jobs. And um, it doesn't seem like the economy is gonna pick up anytime soon. So I think people are starting to think more and more about what are their opportunities um, starting their own business. So we thought it'd be great to kind of wrap things up and talk about some of the highlights and some of the things we really enjoyed hearing and we think that are important to people as they think about starting their own business. Um, when, I'm when I think about, we had three people, Liz, we had Tanya, and we had yeah. Anne. Thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry, Anne. <laughs> and they all had three very different businesses. Liz, she started her own business coaching singers, um, giving them you know, vocal lessons, teaching them about how to run their own business and be business focused when it came to their singing career that is just not good enough to be an entertainer. You have to actually look at your entertainment, um, your voice or your skill as a business. And what does that mean? And, and having a plan and how are you going to make money? Um, and, and she's coaching students to help them get there based on the knowledge that she gained. And then we had Tanya who has her own real estate business. And she talks about how she grew her business and how, you know, even though it seems like real estate might be a good option right now, you have to really think about what it takes to be a real estate agent in today's market. And, you know, do you have the skills needed? And, and she's also talked about helping and developing other real estate agents. Um, that was one of her purposes to build her business. And then finally, we had Anne, which she has her own skincare business, and it's all around being organic, being healthy, and targeting women of color. I mean, dames, it couldn't have been more different, you know what I mean? Like, all the different businesses that we had them talk about. What did you guys think, and what did you walk away with um, some of the highlights? I'll jump in. I, um, I had different different highlights for each one of them. They, they were, to your point, they just were just a wealth of knowledge. Um, with, with lists, what was really interesting to me is that Liz said, if you're building a dream, you can't be realistic. That to me just really stood out, right? Because I think that when, when a dream is exactly that, it's not something that sometimes seems attainable, but you can't be realistic because then that would just completely destroy the dreams. So I thought that was very, very interesting. Um, she also talked about knowing who you are and what you do and don't know. Um, and I thought about that a lot uh, from for, as someone who has oftentimes been encouraged to start my own business by a lot of different people, but it's never really been something I wanted to do <laughs> because I've worked for enough small companies to know how difficult it is. And my husband's a, 
you know, has been an entrepreneur, has had a couple of businesses and it's just very, very, it's not easy, you know, not that work is easy, but being an entrepreneur is really um, a challenging, challenging thing. And it has to be where your passion is. So when she said, you need to know who you are and what you do and don't know, that really resonated with me um, because I think that some people feel like it's so easy, you know, it's just easy to just jump in and start doing something that you like. And, you know, I, you, you just don't realize um, that that one might not be something that aligns with who you are as a person. Um, and, and secondly, you know, if you don't know who you are and what you do and don't know, that makes it even more of a, more of a, more of a challenge. Um, with, with, with Tanya about real estate, she said a couple things to me that really resonated. The first one, of course, is I'm a woman of faith. She says she lets her faith lead her. So that really stuck out to me. But what was, what was funny to me about, and I mean, ironic, I guess, in a sense about Tanya's journey is that she started in the arts, right? It had nothing to do with real estate, absolutely nothing. So her way to becoming a, a, a realtor, I would think is not traditional. I mean, I don't know if realtors typically uh, have a traditional route, but the fact that she started out in a completely different industry, I mean, in the arts, and I think she was worked, she was a curator and then ended up with a real estate agency to me was just so, it, it was so interesting. So when she said, be willing to be open to new and different things that help fit in your life, that stuck out to me because she chose that route because she was a single mom, because she had a young son, because she needed to be able to have the flexibility to be there for him. Um, so that to me was, okay, well, I would never think to do something that had nothing to do with my background. <laughs> right. something I would choose, you know, as, as, as a career choice. Um, but she also talked about how in real estate, and, and I think that's kind of know who you are, like not everybody can do real estate. You, you have to have a personality, right? You have yeah. to like people. You yeah. have to be able to, you know, deal with different personalities. And when you're talking about something as personal as buying a house or a condo, apartment, whatever, you know, that's also a whole nother level of understanding your clientele. And yeah. You know, so I, I like the way that she talked about, you know, and she definitely had the personality for it. Like if I was buying a house, I'm like, I would love to work with you, you know, um, because you want to work with somebody that you feel good about when you're talking about looking for a house. Right. Um, so I thought that was also, you know, a good point to think about when you're looking at different opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I thought they were all, they, they just were all just very informative and, and terrific. Um, with Anne, Anne, remember when we when she started her uh, discussion with us, she was just spewing off numbers left and right. So my <laughs> takeaway from that was got to do your research before yeah. you do story, right. She quoted stats about her target audience and about the category she was entering. She did a lot of research um, before she before she launched her product. Um, she also seemed to be very in tune with who her target was and talked about creating something to solve the problem for your target. So yeah. that also was, was, um, was, was interesting. The thing that she said that, I don't know, maybe I missed it with, maybe Liz said it as well. But the other thing that she said that really stuck out to me was learn how to run a business, right? Because let's just say you're starting something that you're passionate about, but you really might not know how to run a business. So when she said that, that stuck out to me as well. I felt like that might give, that would be great information for people who are thinking about being entrepreneurs. Like you have your passion, 
of, you know, in terms of what area you want to go into. But the other part of it is really figuring out what it takes to get a business going, to keep it going so that you can stay afloat, you know, and she talked about learning how to do that. So those are the things that really stuck out to me for each one of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think for me, it was the, there was kind of a, a commonality across the, the three episodes. Um, but one of the things that I heard either directly or kind of picked up was around the idea of trust. Like you've got to build that trust with your customers. You have to, I think for Anne, having all those stats, having that reason behind, you know, why she created this product and why she created this, this uh, skincare line was that she, you know, she wants to create that, that credibility and that trust so that customers, you know, keep coming back and they really, um, uh, really believe in that product. Um, I think, uh, Arnisha, you were a major uh, salesperson on the, on the <laughs> episode. You clearly have a lot of trust in that, that belief in the product. Um, and Tanya. It too. I started using it. I bought it. I've been using it. There you go. Don't I look younger? You do. You look beautiful. You look beautiful before and young. You're always looking young. Uh, younger every day. Um, uh, and Tanya talked about that too, around trust and um, and then the, and, and so it came back to like, if you're going to start your own business, if you're going to do this, it's really about that brand too. Like who you are as a person, Liz talked about that of, of branding, of helping her, her clients understand who they are and, and how they position themselves. And then also then thinking about that, uh, that product or that, that, um, service that you're providing. Uh, so that was really, I think, helpful for, for me to hear. And then just the, the networks. That these women tapped into and i think having a, a sense of of maybe not fearlessness but a, a sense of if they they were afraid at sometimes still doing it anyway yeah. um but that sense that like you've got to ask for help you've got to see who's around who can who's going to come out of the woodwork and, and especially in ann's way she was really just talking about all these connections that you know she never knew that she even had of just talking about you know the idea and the passion and the um, you know, what you, what you're looking for. Um, so that was something that I think for me as somebody who tends to be a little bit shy on asking for help sometimes, that was something that was really, uh, impactful for me to hear. Yeah. Because didn't Ann talk about an advisory board, mm -hmm. advisory board to help her with, you know, some of the decisions or some things that she may not know, right? If she's not a finance person, you'd want to talk to and have somebody that access to a finance person to help you with the numbers and, and making sure it's a viable business or once you have the business up and running that you're, you know, budgeting correctly. So I think to your point, Molly, you do have to get comfortable asking people for help where you have gaps and understand where those gaps are. Right. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like one thing that I heard also, um, what you just reminded me of Molly, as I was listening to the episodes is sort of, I just felt this sort of energy from all of them. That was like, it, it definitely was just making me think of how much energy it takes and like how much like planning and, and you really have to have a certain, um, 
I don't know, wherewithal and confidence to be able to say like, okay, I'm doing this and I'm putting in the effort and I'm, you know, doing X, Y, and Z um, in order to like make this happen. So it's sort of like this magic, like combination to me, it seemed for all of them of like both situational, like ability to be able to start these like businesses that they started, but also the willingness to sort of do the work, do the research um, and make that dream happen. Like you were talking about Arnisha is like, if you're going to make something happen that seems, you know, almost impossible or really difficult, you really have to put the like push behind it and, yeah. and fully jump off and go for it. So yeah. that was something that I feel like I heard throughout all of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think financially, which is interesting, I think Liz and Tanya, they didn't have to have a, a big financial uh, capital to start their businesses. Right. So, um, and they, I know for sure, Liz, I'm not sure about Tanya, were doing other things while they were starting their business. So sometimes that helps financially if you've got an income coming in. It doesn't have to be huge, but something to, to kind of give you a base where you're not as out there financially, which you don't have any support. Um, you know, then you can grow your business and take some time. Um, obviously, with COVID, if you're furloughed, you know, hopefully if you have unemployment or if you have a package of any kind, you know, start your business while you still have a little bit of money coming in. Don't wait to kind of, you know, hopefully people, this is something you've already been thinking about. I mean, I think that's what I got as well. Like you have to have a decent financial base so that you don't feel, I think that helps push through the fear to your point, Molly, that, you know, just to have that little bit of a cushion if you can, because it is hard to get loans these days. Um, unless you're already rich, rich people get loans. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Funny how that works. <laughs> you know, if you already have money, you can get more money, but if you don't have a lot of money, people don't trust <laughs> that they can give you more, you know, money. Um, but there are still SBA loans out there. I think there are, there are other COVID related grants out there that you can look into um because they are trying to help small businesses and they are trying to keep the economy going and that's what keeps our economy going is small businesses that's the reality um and i think the women we talked to really you know um are inspirational in a lot of ways i don't know that i was motivated to start a business right away um i'm like arnisha i'm like gun shy when it comes to doing my own thing because i know how hard it is um, and I mean, I, do, I have a little consulting business that I'm trying to get off the ground and I know how hard it is to get customers for that. And, you know, and to sustain your life, you know, you are in a constant mode of trying to find business. Um, but still, I think that these women have done it and they are showing us how you can do it. Um, so I, I encourage people, um, and, and you guys brought up all good points about branding knowing your customer it's I almost think about the four p's right your mm. product the, the four p's are always they always work i don't care what kind of business you have right it's mm. like product placement promotion and mm. price so and now i would add a fifth one purpose purpose Ooh, which is what i really true. heard i think i really heard from from ann especially like she she even said it at one point had a great quote that was like I don't care what your product is. Tell me what the problem is that you're solving. Like, what's the purpose of why you're doing this? And that was something that like, for me, you know, like I love watching Shark Tank. It's yeah. like, 
it's just, I just been that binge that show for hours, but it's so cool seeing like all these different ideas that people just come up with. But like, the thing is always like, why are people coming up with these ideas? Like, and you gotta, and so I think Anne really, for me, like that was really a light bulb of, of why are you creating something? Like, what's the purpose behind it? But when you said purpose, I also thought about what's the purpose as far as helping society, right? Totally. 100%. Is it, you know, are you going organic? Are you, you know, making sure it's something sustainable to help the environment? So, you know, I thought of purpose in dual ways, right? That's kind of what I thought of too, because, and I feel like the five P's, now there's five P's (laughs) can apply to, to almost anyone, at least I can apply all of these things to my own life, even though I'm not planning on starting a business, especially the purpose part. Cause I'm like, all right, when I'm looking for, I'm in a program right now that's going to end in after July. So I have to be thinking about, you know, what, what's next a bit and already, and purpose is a big part of it. It's like, what do I want to do next after, you know, looking at everything, what is my new purpose? Where do I want to go? But also I have to look at things like, you know, price. I can think about, is the price right? Am I getting a salary? Do I do another fellowship kind of thing? So I feel like a lot of these lessons like really applied, whether you are an entrepreneur or not, you know? I have to say, Bianca, it's so impressive to me that you are you and Molly actually are, are, are thinking about the, the, the P, the purpose part of it at this stage of your career. Um, I, I have to admit, early on in my career, I was really all about, it was about the price more than anything else. I mean, I, was, oh, I wanted to grow and to continue to be developed and to move up the ladder. I was always very focused on moving up the ladder um, and making more money, you know. And I would say it's been in the past, um, probably I'll say five to maybe seven years where I've really begun to say, okay, I I want to do something that has more meaning. I want to do something that has more meaning, but I've been working over 30 years and I just started feeling that way in the past, like five to, you know, I'll say five to six years, five to seven years. So it's very impressive to me that you both already think that way. And I think that part of that is, is, you know, could very well be generational. I, I, Mike, Micah, what about you? Do you? Have you always thought about like the purpose piece of it? Well, you know what? I finally at blah, blah, blah age, I realized there is no, there, you know, I was always looking for that perfect job for the great boss, for the company that, you know, did the right thing and valued my skill set and what I contributed, you know, and then I realized it's always when you're in a job and there's so many different factors it's never going to be a perfect job right and so then you have to decide what is more important to you getting as much money as possible or you know feeling like you're helping the world as much as you can help the world and i have a, a niece who's you know, looking to, you know, go into banking or nonprofit, she doesn't know. But part of me is saying, you know what, it's going to be work either way. So make as much money as you can while you're young, so that as you get older, you can do what you want to do later. Because the people that I see who kind of stuck it out, and they're retiring now at my age, because they just, just stuck it out, like I said, but now they're like, ready to start again, fresh, and I'm like, still logging away, you know, so... Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it just, what I've realized is it just 
for me at least, I compare me and my sister a lot. My sister is in, going to be an investment banker. Um, she already, she's is still in college, but she, you know, did a internship last summer with an investment banking firm and is going to be doing investment banking. She already has a full-time offer because that's how it works in that world. Yeah. It's crazy to me because I can't like, I don't even know 11 months down the road over <laughs> like no idea what my future holds, but like I that. think, yeah. But I think the difference is definitely in motivations because I, I personally realize that I work better and I do better work when I care about what I'm doing. Um, whereas my sister doesn't need that motivation. She definitely is much more about like, she can do really good work as long as it feels competitive to her, no matter what she's doing. So she's really into the sort of like, I want to work really hard and get, you know, a lot of money and work for a prestigious firms so that I can go to a prestigious law school. Like it's kind of, you know, ABCs for her. Whereas for me, I'm much more like a small, like day to day, what do I want to be doing currently? And so that's why I think I can look at more of the purpose side because I know I will do better work. I'm much more, you know, does this work specifically motivate me um, as an individual rather than like, here's my, my plan to get from point A to point B. So I think it just depends on the person probably. Right. Cause mm -hmm. they're both Gen Z, you and your sister. So yeah. And, and yeah. So what I think only a year behind me in terms of life. So it's so interesting how much our paths diverge and, I look at other friends too. I have a lot of friends, even like I've thought to myself, cause I see, you know, I'm visiting a friend right now in Portland, Maine, who has, you know, a really good job. It also luckily really interests her, but I sort of look at these friends and I'm like, wow, like all my friends who are doing things like consulting or banking, like I could do that work. I'm capable of doing it, but do I really feel like doing that right now? <laughs> And, you know, right now the answer is no. So maybe there's a point where I'll be like, you know what? I would like stability. I would like to be able to buy clothes. Um, and <laughs> you can do that and still have purpose. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I'm trying to find that happy balance. For yeah. me, that's like the thing that, so my mom has always said at different times that like when we you know when I'm thinking of different shifts and career, you know, what should I do longer term? You know, all those questions. She has said before, and I think she's abandoned this, this line of advice now, but um, that I don't have to, so I've always worked for nonprofits. Um, I don't necessarily have to work for a nonprofit to still, you know, do give my time to something that I care about, right? Like definitely volunteer, you know, do things in, in spare time. And so I've thought about that at different moments. Like, you know, maybe I should just go, you know, to Micah's point while I'm young, make as much money as I can. I can retire early. I can then I can donate more, you know, I can do things with that money that um, perhaps on a nonprofit salary, I can't necessarily always do. Um, but then I think about it and I just, like for me, it's just, it's just not, I, I don't know, I've, I've, I think I've struggled at many different times of thinking about like, could I just go, we're using banking as an example. So like, could I just go work for a bank, you know, make money, you know, do the thing. I just, right. I can't even really put it into words right now of like, that just doesn't appeal to me. And so I think, and I think part of it is like, actually Bianca, not necessarily for me thinking about like, what am I doing right now, but actually the long term. So like if I, if for me in 20 years from now, I look back on the career that I've had, mm -hmm. for me, I would rather that be something that I feel like has been aligned with right. my values or, um, 
or what I see that the world needs or, you know, something that, you know, makes me, makes me feel good, but also makes me feel like I've, I've contributed in some way. Mm -hmm. And then I would also just say that like, it's also not an either or anymore. I think there are so many companies now who, uh, you know, and I work a lot with B Corps, certified right. corporations. And so there are so many types of com companies, whether B Corps or not, who are combining that for-profit and purpose, you know? And so I think like, your sister wants to work in banking or, uh, you know, there are certified B Corp banks, you know, there are banks that are socially minded that are driven by community development. And so there are different ways now that I know existed before, but I think they're becoming more important and more vocal and more visible, um, which is just yeah, exciting. So, right. She'll have more options, right? Than totally. We did, um, because it's just the mindset and the shift that's happened. Mm -hmm. um which is great and then also just stay really close to your sister so she can you can borrow money from her you know <laughs> exactly i've, I've that. <laughs> been preparing her slowly i'm saying you realize that when it comes for vacation time i will not be contributing to the vacation. <laughs> so you know there's the other side of that <laughs> right. right yeah yeah, you got to keep those networks close again, you know, if you start your business, good to have a banker friend who can, yeah. or sibling who can. Yeah. Exactly. I'm lucky that she's, she's connected to me by blood. She can't, she can't escape me. <laughs> she doesn't have a choice, right? She doesn't have right. a choice. Yeah, but well, when I go back and I think about our three entrepreneurs, I, I think it was, you know, pretty much along, along the lines of what Molly said, that it was pretty equal for both of them you know for all three of them that it was the combination of i didn't i don't recall hearing any of them say i'm doing this because i'm trying to make as much money as possible exactly yep it was really all about it was really in, in line with the purpose part of it and, yeah. and and doing things that they felt were were needed in in the market where they could help other people along their you know along their journey so it was really in line with that i mean i'm sure they all want to make money but we didn't hear any of them saying I'm doing this because I know it's going to make a lot of money in the future. That that really wasn't what you know what, what it was all about. So you know, you think about it from an entrepreneurial perspective as well. You know, it, it to your point, Molly needs to align with your purpose, right? In order for it to be something that um, can help you put in the work that's required. Mm -hmm. Maybe not the type of returns that you would hope for in the beginning, uh, but it's still so fulfilling because it aligns with, 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 with your purpose, what you feel is what you should be doing. So. Totally. Yeah. You can't put all, I mean, the other thing that all of them just talked about that we already said is like, it's so much work, <laughs> you know, you got to be committed to whatever that purpose is to be able to put in that, that energy, that commitment, that persistence, you know, all those things that, you know, that you got to do. You got to be in it for the long haul. Mm -hmm. I look at Liz and she has, you know, pivoted some of her work to virtual concerts that she's been giving, featuring her students. So she's used COVID as an opportunity to get in front of audiences that she probably would not have gotten in front of because now it's virtual. It's, you know, she can go all around, you know, people all around the world could see her showcase all of her students. And she just most recently did a concert. And um, she also did a concert for herself where she, you know, cause she has a beautiful, she's an opera singer her voice is, unbelievable so i've just watched her grow through COVID and use you know the resources she has to continue to broaden and make her business better 
Um, so she's in it for the long haul. You, you can see that, or I can see that. So it, it, it's good to, you know, and I tried to support as well. Um, but yeah, so I think even in the midst of um, some crises, you can figure out what does that mean for my business and how can I use that to my advantage? Um, so, and I think that's what Liz has done. Definitely. So I, I think um, I, I'm, I think we're gonna revisit the entrepreneurial series again. I mean, I, I enjoyed having those three women and I think there's so many other types of careers or, or not, but yeah, careers and businesses that we can explore. And I think our audience would really enjoy hearing from other women and what they're doing and how they, you know, made it and, and how they're successful. Um, so listeners, we are going to have another series. Look out for that. We'll let you know. But I think just wrapping this up, the five P's are perfect. As they say, I think Bianca said she can use this in life or you can use this for your business, or you can even use this if you are um, working for somebody. It's placement, you know, it's product. What's your product? Where are you placing it? It's what's, what's your price? Either how much money do you want to make or how much money you're going to charge for your service or your product? Um, is promotion. How do you promote yourself? How do you promote your brand? You know, so it, it can go either way. And then the last one is purpose. Thank you, Molly. And that is, you know, what's your purpose or what's the purpose of your product or what's the purpose of your business? You know, thinking about all of those um, five Ps can just help you focus and help you with your business plan ultimately. And I was just thinking of a sixth P we could uh -oh. add. Now I'm just going. <laughs> People. Yes. Uh -huh. Who are the people who you need around you to help you get there? Yeah. which I think was something we heard through all of them. Six Ps. Let's just, we can just keep going all day. <laughs> <laughs> that, there, there's another uh, session, you know, for that, right? Another podcast for us, another episode. Um, but no, so just remember the six Ps, folks. And um, thank you so much for listening and stay tuned for more great episodes from Dame Talk. If you have any questions, email us at dametalk4 at gmail.com. That's dametalk and the number four at gmail. To learn more about us and these topics, check out our website at dametalkpodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for listening. This is Dame Talk. We don't know everything, but we know enough. <laughs>